Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is fellow logistics blogger Adrian Gonzalez, president of Adelante Supply Chain Management and founder and host of the online video talk show Talking Logistics. On this episode, we talk about thought leadership and knowledge sharing in logistics, our passion for music, and the importance of finding a cure for diabetes. Please enjoy my conversation with Adrian Gonzalez. Adrian, welcome to the show. Oh, great to be here. Thank Uh, you for having me. uh, My first question is always, uh, does logistics matter? Well, wow. It's a great question, you know, and I think for... Obviously, for you and I and, and others that have been, you know, in this industry for for a long time, the the answer is uh, obviously yes, it, it does matter. But um, I think uh, when you think back to 2020 last year, the answer is certainly was certainly stated very loud and clear. Yes, it absolutely does matter. And it you know, if there's anything positive that's come out of the pandemic, I think it's the fact that my wife, my kids, my neighbors you know, the broader population have a deeper appreciation and understanding for logistics and, and supply chain, you know, today than they ever have, you know, before, you know, as uh, people were struggling with finding toilet paper or, uh, <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, reading about in the paper, uh, newspaper, uh, you know, about the supply chain of toilet paper, you know, and, and why there's, uh, uh, you know, stockouts and, you know, obviously now with vaccine distribution, there's a lot been written and talked about in terms of how do you get from, you know, the manufacturing sites to all the way down to getting shots in the arms and all the logistics and supply chain challenges involved there. So that's become something that's kind of in the front pages of the newspapers and being talked about. And and even more recently, you know, the Suez Canal and the container ship that got stuck there, you know, made headline news and, and made people aware of that. So uh, certainly, I think it, it it does matter, and in fact, that it, uh, it matters more than ever. Uh, you can say uh, when you look at things like like e-commerce um, and the the fact that that's rising uh, considerably, and that's um, having an impact individually, person to person. Since we are now, you know, we're now that final destination as each of us as individuals, as opposed to a store. Uh, so we ha- we we understand what happens, or we have expectations that we set with regards to delivery and cost and, and and so forth. And I think that's the key thing is that I think the biggest change that I've seen is that um, you know when I started 22 years ago as an industry analyst, when you talked about logistics, it was only about cost, right? And that's that was a very cost centric perspective. But I think today yeah. the the uh, recognition is that logistics is tightly linked with with customer experience and that. Logistics has become more competitive. I mean, more of a uh, strategic uh, imperative. Uh, it's become a, a competitive weapon in in, in, in many instances. So, um, yes, it matters, and it matters more than ever. <laughs> Good. Until now, everybody that's been on the show has answered yes, um, uh, and I and I think I will I will just have a, a a very interesting conversation if I ever encounter somebody on this show who will say no. Because uh, <laughs> I'll have some convincing to do. Yeah, I would. I would love to hear the. I would love to he- hear them support the, their no stance. But uh, it would be an interesting <laughs> conversation for sure. 
Yeah, and, and I definitely hear what you say. Uh, actually, uh, obviously, in the Netherlands, um, we're we're uh, uh, yeah we're vaccinating as well. It's not going at the speed uh, 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 that we would like to see, um, but uh, in here, actually, uh, some logistics professionals from uh, from leading logistics service providers and uh, uh, e e-commerce uh, Dutch e-commerce companies. Have actually uh, uh, helped our government uh, to improve the logistics in these uh, testing and uh, 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 places where they do the vaccinating. So um, it was logistics, uh, well, to the rescue, or at least uh, uh, logistics uh, to the improvement. So, um, how did you? Uh, you said you 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 went into logistics 22 years ago and became an analyst. How did you? Uh, why did you choose logistics? Yeah, another another good question. I think, you know, like a lot of people, um, I actually fell into it. Um, you know, if you look at my, uh, I didn't study it in college. In fact, you know, my educational background is in engineering. I'm a material science engineer by by my education. I actually started my career in, in new product development and, and manufacturing. Um, so I spent years at uh, Motorola. I then worked at another semiconductor company, and then I worked at Polaroid. Um, so you can say that, yes, I was in the supply chain at that time because manufacturing is part of the supply chain, but I really didn't at the time had any concept of the big picture, right? I, I didn't know what came before and what came after. I was only focused on that node. And, uh, then I kind of shifted, you know, I wanted to get out of the purely technical route and, and shift the career paths, if you will. And I ended up at a market research firm here in the, in the Boston area. And, uh, you know, they hired me because of my semiconductor experience and because of, you know, I speak Spanish. So the thinking was that I would help them grow their practice, their research practice in semiconductors and in Latin America. But when I showed up to work the very first day, they said, uh, Adrian, we're going to have you do a market research study on transportation management systems. And I kind of looked at them confused. I'm like, well, what is a transportation <laughs> management system? I, you know, I, I thought I was going to be doing work in semiconductors uh, research and, and so forth. And they said, well, yes, yes. But, you know, as a way to train you on how we do research here, um, you know, we figured you'll, you know, we, we've got a need right now to do a study here in, in TMS. And um, so anyway, I, uh, I, I did that research and I, I did a good job at it and I, I learned a lot. And as the saying goes, you know, the rest is history. I, I really fell in love with, you know, the topic and um, wanted to really stay in this area. And, uh, you know, spent about 12 years there uh, kind of leading, um, you know, the, the the logistics practice there at, uh, at ARC, which is where the, the firm that was at. And uh, and then I ended up launching, you know, Adelante, um, you know, more than, uh, more than 10 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, continuing, you know, uh, focusing on, on supply chain logistics topics. And, you know, as I've talked to a lot of people as well that have, you know, involved in the industry, I mean, once, once you get involved with supply chain logistics, it's hard to get out. I mean, you just, there's so much going on in this industry, uh, so much to learn, and there's so many great people to, to learn from and to, uh, you know, and see what's happening. So, so yeah, once I, um, once I fell in, uh, I haven't gotten out, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Hmm. And, and do you have a do you have a sweet spot? I mean, for me, it's uh, it's warehousing. 
Um, I, I, I fell in love with logistics. Um, I think it was during uh, my studies at university. I just I studied business, which is uh, pretty broad. And uh, we, we were at this juncture where we had to um, well, at least, yeah, cho choose like a, a major. And um, I was reading a book that was recommended to me by somebody by Goldrath, uh, The Goal. Um, you you probably you've probably read it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and I just I just love that book. It was it was uh, and and I and I thought I I need to I want to know more about this. So um, well, it was obvious for me that I had to choose logistics management because that would get me closer to uh, yeah to work with uh, with with that subject. And then once I was doing that, um, in one of the first weeks, uh, we had we had a, a visit to a warehouse. And I just fell in love. I just, uh, just everything that was the moving around in there, all these, all these people and, and boxes and machines. And, and there were, uh, there, there was, there was so much going on and I just, I couldn't take my eyes off it. And, um, and I even have that today. If, if, you know, if, uh, usually it's when you drive on the highway and I see these huge buildings with no windows uh, everything starts tingling and I want to, I want to look inside and I want to see what's going on because I know that there's, there's exciting stuff going on inside. So, um, while I like all aspects of logistics, uh, for me, warehousing is, uh, is my, is my sweet spot. What was that? Do you have one? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it, it goes down to that very first study, right? So tra transportation management and transportation management system. So, you, you know, that, that's the area that I have, um, you know, focused on the most and consistently, you know, over the course of my career um, and looking at it from all different sides, you know, looking at it from the practitioner side, understanding leading practices, um, you know, among shippers and retailers and manufacturers and how they, uh, uh, you know, think about transportation management, obviously on the technology side with, you know, transportation management uh, software and what the trends have been in, in that area. Uh, and then another area that I focused on a lot, which is related, is with logistics service providers, with 3PLs, third-party logistics providers. Um, mm -hmm. and, and of course, they do not just transportation, but warehouse. And then these days, they're almost as much technology providers today than, than just uh, providers of, of transportation, warehousing uh, services. So, th so those, I, I, you know, those two areas, transportation management, logistics service providers, and, and all aspects around those have been my main uh, focus areas from a research standpoint. Um, but, you know... I kind of keep a broad pulse on what's happening in the industry, you know, more broadly, whether it's on the supply chain planning side, obviously so much going on on the technology front today with, you know, AI and machine learning and robotics and, you know, uh, again, so much going on in this industry. So I try to keep a, a broad pulse on what's happening across the board in, in the industry. But, you know, I, I go the deepest in transportation management and, and third party logistics. Have you ever driven a truck, a semi? I have not. No, no, that would uh, that would certainly be be an experience. And um, uh, but but uh, but no, not not something I have had the uh, the pleasure of doing. OK, I, I can tell you that it is absolutely an experience. Uh, I uh, 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 the Traton company, uh, which is the the the, the trucking, uh, uh, the, the trucking department or the trucking division of uh, Volkswagen, they do uh, brands like Scania. Um, they invited me uh, to their press event in Stockholm. And so I went to Stockholm uh, and they had all these trucks lined up and it was just exciting to walk around them and to see them and, you know, open the door and look inside. 
And then one of these guys said, which one are you going to drive? Said one of the, one of the, one of the journalists that was there. And I said, what do you mean? Do you have a license? And he said, no, no, but I have a driver's license and they have a test track here. And if you have a driver's license, you can drive one. And I was like, oh, wow. So, so I actually drove uh, an electric, a small electric truck. And I uh, drove a, a huge American truck, the one, you know, the, which yeah, I love them. If you see that every, every time I'm, I'm, in the, uh, I'm in the U.S. And I, and I drive, I love looking at these huge trucks with these big noses. I actually drove one with a trailer, uh, with a full trailer uh, uh, attached. And um, I think for about five or 10 minutes on that, on that test track, and it was, <laughs> it was quite the experience. I, I can recommend it. I'm sure it gave you a, a deeper appreciation for the uh, the men and women who drive those for for a living, you know, day in and day out. And you know, it's one thing to drive it on a test track, but uh, when you're driving, oh it yeah, in- I just drove straight and some bends. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I just imagine you know parking it against a uh, uh, against a dock at a warehouse, right? It's- or in, or in bad weather, or in traffic, or whatever the case might be. I mean, yeah. I, I had a hard time just uh, driving my uh, my minivan when I had you know my, when my kids were smaller. <laughs> you know, navigating that was big enough, but uh, yeah, but yeah, no, quite an experience. I'm sure it was for you. Yeah, and um, so so one of the things that that uh, uh, that you were quite active uh, with when you were at ARC is uh, is with blogging. Were, were you the one that started that? So I yeah, so I you know back back in two thousand and nine, I launched the, the first blog, which was uh, uh, Logistics Viewpoints uh, while I was there. Yeah, uh, which is still active. You know, uh, I, once I left, uh, they, they maintained that, and uh, they, they've got some uh, great folks that are ma- maintaining that uh, that blog. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, you know, that was way back in, you know, almost seems like a lifetime ago back in, you know, 2009 where, you know, blogging at the time was, you know, not, not very common, at least not in, not in this industry. I think there were just a few of us that were doing it. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, even at that time, m- many of the software vendors and logistics service providers didn't really have blogs of their own, um, which is hard to, hard to think about because when you fast forward to today, you know, it's almost, you know, it, 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 it's almost a requirement that you have some kind of a blog, uh, you know, on your website today and, and, you know, use it as a vehicle to, to showcase your, your, your thought leadership and your, your insights and what's happening yeah. in the industry. Um, but yeah, 2009, uh, was kind of the, when I first started, uh, got involved with blogging. And, and so, and so, so why, what, so what, what made you, what made you start it? Yeah, good, good. Do you remember? Good, good question. Yes. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I've always loved to write. Um, I mean, since high school, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've dabbled in poetry and creative writing and, um, you know, so it's one of my passions is, is writing. So I saw blogging as a, as a way to um, kind of marry my, my interest and love of writing with, you know, my work, you know, and, and try, you know, find a way to, uh, you know, bring those two things uh, uh, together. So blogging in many ways is a way to kind of exercise my, my, my writing skills. And, you know, back when, back in 2009, you know, when we were launched that blog, um, I was the main writer for it, you know, early on. And, and I would write five blo- blog posts a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And wow. it became a, you know, it was a challenge, but it was a fun challenge, right. To try to think about something new and different and, 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 uh, and again, it became a vehicle for me to kind of just exercise and get myself in the habit of, of, uh, of writing. Um, you know, and that's, that's continued. Um, and I, I think the other key piece is that, you know, I saw the blogging medium as a great way for peer-to-peer learning 
um, and, and the sharing of knowledge and information. Yeah. Because I think in this industry, supply chain logistics, it's changing so much, so rapidly um, that peer-to-peer learning is really the most efficient way to learn in this industry. So when I used to teach at, uh, I used to teach in the executive MBA program at uh, Northeastern University, and I would ask the students, I said, if you were to write a, a supply chain or logistics textbook, what do you think its shelf life would be today? You know? Um, and and yeah. I think most students, you know, I think the consensus was maybe two years, right? Because um, again, certainly there's some fundamentals of supply chain management uh, and logistics that, that are constant, you know, um, economic order quantity and things like that, you know, some of the, 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 yeah. the really foundational stuff. But when you think about things like, I mean, right now we're talking about, you know, the rise of e-commerce. We're talking about the pandemic and COVID-19 and everything, everything that's changed. I mean, none of, we weren't writing and talking about this. If I had written a textbook in 2019 or 2018, you know, it would be very different than if I would be writing a textbook today, because today I'd be writing about the pandemic and how that's, you know, how the rise of e-commerce has changed things. And, and now you're introducing contactless delivery and, you know, so on and so forth, right? All these things that are now, you know, top of mind. And who knows, if I write a book today, maybe two years from now, three years from now, uh, there'll be things that we're not even thinking about or talking about today. So to me, blogging is a way, it's almost like writing a book, a never-ending book that you're keeping pace with what's happening, you know, in the industry. And it's a way to, you know, not only for me as a writer to share my thoughts and perceptions of of what's happening in the market, but for others through comments and and sharing and everything else to participate in that conversation as well. Yeah, no, I I, I fully agree. I like that. uh, I like that the picture that you painted, like a a never ending book. Yeah. And what I found is that, you know, you write things today or or I've written things a few years ago and then something happens like uh, here in Europe, we had Brexit. And uh, and then suddenly the interest in one of the articles that you wrote uh, uh, like a few years ago suddenly is 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 hot again and everybody's reading it. So it's uh, it's also because it's on the Internet and it and it doesn't and it doesn't have to go away. Uh, it can be found again. And uh, I uh, I really like that part as well. Yeah, no, that that's a great point too. I mean, often you know, often I point back uh, to things I wrote a few years back as you know, either to uh, uh, showcase some kind of trend that's been happening for a while, or as you said, you know, it will all of a sudden reemerge, right? So if I wrote something on risk, for example, if I wrote something on risk management <laughs> four or five years ago and talked about some leading practices in risk management, well, now because of the pandemic. Um, you know, risk management and resilience is is hot again, right? And yeah. so, while the circumstances might be different now, we're talking about you know, pa- you know, pandemic and and all that. You know, the underlying leading practices really are still valid today. So, some of the stuff that might have been written five, six, seven years ago still applies today. And from that perspective, and to be able to recall that and rehighlight that, I think is important as well. Yeah, no, I, I've been a fan of your writing for for a long time. I I, I actually um, I, I started my blog. Uh, yeah, I maybe saying because of you is maybe a bit much, uh, but ne- but but definitely uh, heavily inspired by your work. Um, I I I think I joined Twitter uh, first. I think that was in in uh, two thousand and ten. And I started just just tweeting news and interesting stuff that I came across uh, on 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 the internet, and then um, and and then I gained 
uh, an amazing amount of followers really fast. And I was amazed by that. And then it was my wife who was at that time much more into social media and, and everything that was happening online. Um, uh, she was she was working for Heineken at the time, and she was the, Heineken was moving into all sorts of you know, well e e business I think was the term then, and then um, uh, so and she said she said like why why don't you start writing stuff as well I mean you have more to tell than than fits in a tweet and I was like well you know wh why don't I <laughs> and I just so and I just started. And, um, uh, you know, and I'd been, I'd been following your, 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 your writing, uh, I, I guess for almost a year or something. So I think in the, the beginning in, in terms of style and, and, and topics, I think I, I, I borrowed from you, uh, quite a few times. It was, it was really nice. And I, I liked the, um, I liked the personal style that you, uh, the, like the, the, how do I say this? The, the personal stuff that you put in there as well. It was especially your weekly overview. I think now you call it above the fold. Right. And it, uh, you used to do this week in logistics. And it always, it always started with, with like a, something from your life, uh, something that was going on, whether it was, whether it was something profound or whether it was shoveling, the, uh, shoveling snow. Uh, so uh, I just I just love that approach. Well, uh, Martin, thank you for the for the kind feedback. I uh, you know I appreciate that, and certainly I've I've been following you as well. And and I think that's the neat thing about this community, right? That you know, and in part of social networking is the you know uh, to be able to listen to the different voices out there and different you know perspectives. And yeah. you know, so certainly you know I, I've I've followed your work as well, and and. You know, obviously, I I come from a very U.S. centric perspective. You being across the pond yep. over there, you bring a different perspective, right? In terms of, uh, so I think that's how we all learn from from one another. Because um, again, it goes back to this peer to peer learning. I mean, I, I can only share what I what I've learned and and what I know and based on my experiences. But you know, relatively mm -hmm. speaking, it's 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 a very uh, it's not that broad, right? But you know, when you connect multiple voices together and you follow each other and learn from one another. I think that's where the, the real power uh, of this is. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to your point about, you know, the, the personal pieces, I mean, I think it goes back to that. That's the creative writing piece, you know, that, you know, I, and particularly yeah. with those Friday posts, you know, I always like to experiment there, either sharing some family story or some family incident, or, you know, in some cases I've, I've just written a very short poem, you know, that might uh, just, uh, highlight how I'm feeling that particular day or that particular week. And um, it, it's just another way to make another way that the blogging medium, you know, makes it more personal and, and you know, helps you connect with uh, with readers and followers and, and the community. Yeah. One of the first uh, uh, articles that I was or yeah, blog posts that I was really proud of on, on Logistics Matter was uh, was because of this personal thing that you were doing. I was at the daycare uh, center dropping off my kids and I noticed that everything uh, everything was in bins and everything was labeled and, uh, the, you know, and everything like the, the diaper drawer, but also the toys. And, it, and I just thought, hey, this is lean. And I, I wrote this quick uh, a blog post about uh, the, the 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 positive uh, effects of lean on on an operation like a daycare center, but obviously also on an operation like uh, like a warehousing uh, like warehousing. So um, yeah, that's just I just this 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 popped into my mind uh, while we were talking about this uh, this right now. So wh where do you find the inspiration for for your uh, for your blogs? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, your, your daycare example is a gr- great one there. I mean, I think when you're always thinking about supply chain and logistics, you can you can see it everywhere and in, in, in our own personal lives. Yeah. So, so some, sometimes it's just from personal experiences, right? And and you know things that we see when we go, we go out shopping or we're out with our kids or whatever the case might be, and and you know you can make that connection between something that's in the everyday to something that's happening in the logistics world and trying to bring those two together. So. Um, you know, the, the fact is that there's so much happening in this industry um, on so many different fronts, right? There's a lot happening on the technology front. There's a lot happening on the regulations front, a lot happening on the yep. services front. I mean, the, I mean, in many ways, there is no lack of inspiration. I mean, there's just so much out there that, that the challenge really becomes, I mean, what do you focus on, you know? Um, so, yep. you, you know, you referenced the, the, free, uh, the Friday news roundups, uh, which we call above the fold. You know, every Friday, you know, I probably highlight or include about, you know, 10, sometimes more, you know, news items. And I may comment on one or two of them, but, um, yeah. but again, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot that happens every week. You know, it, it could be a merger or acquisition. It could be someone uh, deploying some new technology or release some new technology. Uh, it could be, again, something like Brexit, uh, you know, what the impact would be. Um, so again, I think that's where, um, you know, a lot of the topics or ideas come from. Is from just seeing the news and what's happening out there, um, and then also from conversations. You know, conversations you you and I are having right now might spark some ideas. Yeah. You know, in, in my role as an industry analyst, and you know, I get to speak with a lot of technology companies. I get to speak to a lot of users, shippers. I get to talk to a lot of three PLs and investors. So all of those conversations, um, you know, spark a lot of ideas. And again, I learn a lot from those conversations. And sometimes someone will say something or ask me a question that I hadn't thought about. And, you know, my answer is, gosh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't really know. And then that says, well, after I hang up the phone, I said, well, let me look into it. And then maybe that might ultimately, you know, turn into a blog post as I, you know, go out and try to learn about this particular topic that I didn't really know much about based on that question that I was asked. So, um, so inspiration comes from many, many different places. Yeah, those are, those are my favorites. The, the the question that you don't know the answer to, and then have to dive into to find out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think questions are uh, questions that 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 people ask or that you ask yourself uh, are uh, yeah, those are an important uh, and, uh, and really easy way to find uh, to find new subjects to uh, to write about. Yeah, and and, and it could be never ending, right? Because you, you have that that initial question, and then you start looking into it, and then more questions arise as you start diving into it. And, uh, yep. you know, and, and then, you know, you, next thing you know, you, you, you're on this journey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You, you, uh, one of the other things that I uh, noticed when I read your blogs and especially the above the fold one is you always end with the song of the week. Now I'm an absolute music, uh, buff. I love music. If, uh, you know, it's, I, 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 I mean, we're, we're having a conversation now, so I can't play music, but if we weren't having a conversation, there will be music playing in the background with me. So uh, I, do you have that same uh, thing? Yeah, or? no, absolutely. I mean, I, I love music as well. And I think that's true for, for, for many, you know, many, many folks. And I, and I like all sorts of, of music. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Cuban American. So my, you know, my family came from Cuba. So I, obviously Latin jazz, you know, uh, Celia Cruz nice. and, and uh, uh, salsa, merengue, all that. You know, I, I love that kind of music. But I'm especially uh, fond of uh, '80s new wave, 
you know, music. Uh, yeah. Right? So, you know, <laughs> I've, no, I've noticed that. Yes. You know, Depeche Mode, New Order, REM, NXS, you know, Pet Shop Boys, you know, that that's really, you know, uh, I could probably name all the songs that came out in the 80s from all those different types of bands. Um, but, 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 you know, the, the role of music in my life, I think, is, you know, similar to the role of music in, in movies, right? It's, it's really like the soundtrack of, mm-hmm. of my life, you know, and, uh, and it's not just the music, but, but the lyrics too, right? I mean, they take you back to yeah. certain time, time periods in your life, uh, or they help you deal with certain situations, you know, where you might be, uh, you know, need some, some motivation or you're dealing with a tough situation. And, you know, I think like a lot of music, like a lot for a lot of people, you know, you, you listen to a song and it helps you think through it or make you feel better or whatever the case might be. So, so yeah, so every Friday when I share my, the song of the week, you know, why that song? Well, it, it might be a song that I, you know, remembered and had been listening to all week mm-hmm. and can't get it out of my head. Or it might be a new song that I heard for the first time that week that I really like and want to share it with with folks. And uh, again, it just becomes another way, you know, we, we talked about earlier about sharing stories. Um, you know, this becomes another way for me to, you know, connect with the people that read and follow me. And I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've gotten an email from someone that says, hey, Adrian, you know, thank you for, you know, this week's song of the week by Oingo Boingo. I hadn't heard that song in years yeah. and it brought me back to my college <laughs> days or whatever. And, uh, you know, thanks for reintroducing me to them or whatever. So again, sometimes uh, that's that's what makes the connection. And uh, uh, and I'm always happy to get that, that kind of response. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I do some writing for for uh, companies that are uh, active in in the supply chain and logistics industry. Uh, I, I ghostwrite some, uh, some, some blogs, and then you know, if I can, I, I usually sneak in a, a song title or two somewhere in the, in the article or a musical reference that you know, not that that people would absolutely uh, immediately recognize, but those that that really know their their stuff. They will they will smile and go like, "Hey, is that is he is he referring to the Beatles here, or what's it? Is this hmm? What's he doing?" So I kind of yeah, I, I that's why that's why I love how you put music in in, in there as well. Um, there's something else that I wanted to talk to you about, uh, and it's one of the things actually that uh, I first read about in in one of your personal intros uh, in in one of your blogs, and. Um, uh, you wrote about uh, a day where you had to go to the hospital with your daughter and she was diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes. Um, I myself was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 23. Um, and um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I immediately, you know, just, yeah, I... I immediately connected to that story because it was it was so recognizable to me and a lot went through my went through my mind and then a lot of feelings raced through me when I read that and then uh, shortly after you you launched uh, a charity and you are well maybe it's I think it's best if you tell it yourself can can you can you Tell, tell something about it yeah no, absolutely so so yeah it was actually October of, of 2011. Um, my, I was actually at the CSCMP conference in Philadelphia, um, when my wife called me cause my daughter, um, wasn't feeling too well. Um, so she had taken her to the doctor and, uh, yeah, so we, we found out that night, um, you know, the call came back and, and she was diagnosed with type one diabetes and, 
at that moment, neither of us had any idea what type one diabetes was. We had never heard of it. I mean, we had heard of yeah. diabetes in general, um, but uh, but not type one. And you know, as as you well know, uh, you know, living with it, it's it's uh, it's very different than type two diabetes, which is the more common form. Uh, and type one yeah. is an autoimmune disease that you know for some reason uh, the body, the autoimmune system decides to uh, attack the beta cells and. Uh, that produce insulin in, in your body, and uh, mm-hmm. and then you become insulin, you know, dependent. Um, so that was back in October of of, of 2011 when she was uh, 11 years old. Uh, she'll be 21 uh, this coming uh, August. Uh, so she's been. Uh, <laughs> they grow up so fast. They do. Right? They do. And and you know, <laughs> knock on wood, uh, you know, she she's healthy. And uh, but but you know, it's a day to day challenge, as you, as you well know. And um, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, um, so a, a lot of focus has been on, you know, not only obviously trying to helping to try to find a cure, but um, but also on, on investing in new technologies and 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 treatments to make living with type one diabetes, you know, easier. Um, so as yeah. I was thinking about, well, what can I do, right? You know, now this became you know something that touched us personally, and and what can we do in this in this effort? Uh, so back in 2016, you know, I, I sometimes get my crazy ideas when I'm out cross-country skiing, and that's how I thought about talking logistics in terms of how crazy would it be to launch a you know a video talk show on supply chain logistics. Uh, so similarly, I thought about well, what if I created a a logistics cycling team, and uh, you know that would benefit uh, JDRF, which is the uh, uh, you know the, one of the main charities that supports type one diabetes research. And mm-hmm. so we kicked that off in 2016 and it became the logistics leaders for T1D Cure Cycling Team. And we got some team sponsors, uh, for, uh, you know, for that. And all the money goes to uh, JDRF in support of uh, T1D Research. And so we've been doing that now since 2016. Uh, we've raised uh, almost $225,000 uh, since 2016 for, for JDRF. Cool. And um, yeah, so it's it's great. So it's a great way, and again, another avenue of creating community. Uh, you know, to my surprise, there are many folks in the supply chain logistics industry who love to cycle. Uh, whether they they're very serious cyclists or they just like to go out for a nice bike ride, and um, you know, we welcome them all as part of the team. And um, you know, historically, pre-pandemic, uh, JDRF would have in-person events that we would meet at and, and yeah. cycle. Usually, you know, the, the goal being to, to cycle a century, 100 miles. Um, you know, last year and this year, it'll be more virtual. So everyone will be doing it on on, on their own. Um, but, you know, it's it's our way of, you know, raising funds uh, for JDRF while also having fun as a, as, as, a, as a team, you know, cycling and in doing something that we all enjoy to do. Yeah, well, great. I wanted to, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to share that that cause with the audience and the fact that you do that because, uh, well, it's I, yeah, it's well, it's a it's about a cure for 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 type one diabetes. So I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> I support that. Yeah, no, it'd be great if we found if we find it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been, um, you know, we've certainly made in the past ten years since I've obviously been involved. Again, like I went from knowing nothing about type one diabetes to now being very involved. In fact, I'm actually on the on the board um, of directors here at the local chapter of JDRF. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, a lot of great progress has been made over the past 10 years since I've been involved. Um, but there's still so much more work to do. And, 
you know, the, the unfortunate thing about anything medical related, um, and we see that with, you know, the pandemic right now is that it takes a lot of money um, to, yeah. in, to do research and to get through regulatory approval for any kind of uh, medicines or drugs or devices or anything like that. And um, so even though there's, we've made a lot of progress, there's still a lot more progress to go. And, and in order to get there, you know, money's needed. So, you know, uh, uh, like I said, you know, I'll keep pedaling for as long as I can and try to keep raising money. And uh, hopefully in my lifetime, we'll, we'll be able to see a, a cure and, and, you know, for you and my daughter and all those who are living with, uh, you know, type one diabetes. Yeah. And, and it's not a bad way to, to raise money. I mean, I have a racing bike myself and I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I love riding it. So Martin, so you're, you're uh, not officially part of the team. So I think that's going to have to change after this conversation. <laughs> I guess, it, I guess it will have to. <laughs> yeah. So are there, are, so, so are there, are there non-US uh, team members? I, I am afraid that there will always be virtual uh, or, or at least the chances of me uh, riding a century in the U.S. is 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 not very big. We we don't we don't have any you know uh, until now we haven't had any uh, outside the U.S. team members. Um, but yes, yeah, one has to be the first, right? But you can be the first, right? And then uh, you know what we're doing right now is again because of the the current environment is you know everyone is uh, uh, you know posting their mileage or just sharing what they're what they're riding. Um, you know, obviously now with technology such as and talking about social networking, you know, you look at things like Strava, right? Which is, uh, oh yeah, you know, so you know we're tracking, you know, everybody's miles via, you know, Strava. So again, the idea is to, you know, uh, uh, if you're out there riding anyway, be part of the team and um, you know help raise some funds, you know, along the way and and set your own personal challenges. So. Um, I haven't announced it yet, but I'll announce it here first. You know, my challenge this year is to do five centuries, you know, between June and, and October. So usually I do one. Uh, last year I did two. Mm -hmm. uh, originally I had thought of doing 10 centuries and then my wife uh, talked me out of it because she thought that's going to be, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot uh, and, and a lot of time, you know, writing. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll trim it down to five centuries. So my, my goal is to do one century um ride every month in june july august september and october um and again that's my personal challenge and that's what i'm going to be working towards you know th this summer and, and along the way um you know raising funds along with it nice okay yeah no it's a it's a great idea i'll be you know i think i'll be uh, yeah i'll be honored to be the first european uh team member i'll send you the details right after this call yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, so as a, as a, uh, so, so you love blogging and I love blogging and I'm, I, I think there are a lot of people working in logistics that have a, a great story to tell and some may even be, uh, yeah, thinking how, 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 how can I get this story out? How, so where do I begin? Um, do you have some advice or encouragement for 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 people that want to start uh, uh, writing or sharing their logistics or supply chain stories? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think the. I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll just borrow the, uh, the the old Nike tagline. You know, just do it, right? I mean, I think that um, yeah, like anything else, is always so you could come up with so many excuses not to do it, right? Oh, I don't have the time. Will people care what I have to say? I'm not that good of a writer. You know, you can, the list goes on of all yeah. possible excuses, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to write about. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so you you can psych yourself out from doing it. Um, and, and the key thing is you just just do it. You know, like I, like I mentioned, um, when I first started, I was writing every day. You know, so I would write five blog posts a week. Maybe one out of the five were probably good or interesting, right? But just getting into mm-hmm. the habit of just sharing some vignette or some perspective, um, I, I think is important. So it doesn't have to be like you have to sit down and write a novel. You know, it could just be a couple of paragraphs and it could be based on, hey, I had an interesting conversation with one of my colleagues yesterday. We were talking about X and that got me thinking, why don't we do this? And I think part of the challenge is because historically we've been doing this, this, and this. And I think in order for it to change, we have to do this, this, and this. What do you think? Publish, yep. right? Paragraph, something, you know, like we talked about what triggers or what inspires you. It could be a question. It could be something you're seeing. Uh, it could be your perspective on what's happening in the marketplace. And then, you know, putting out an invitation for others to share their stories or their question, you know, their, their thoughts with you as well. And I think like anything else, you know, the first time you may ride a bike, you know, you may fall down and, and get frustrated or whatever. But over time, you know, you'll get the hang of it. And I think the more you write, you know, you start out um, and then, you know, a week goes by, two weeks goes by, three weeks goes by. And then, you know, you, you'll get into a good cadence. Um, and then ultimately you'll, you'll, you'll find your voice. You'll find, you know, um, your, you know, your unique approach to, uh, you know, to writing and I think the, the key thing is, again, finding that voice. What is that voice? Um, and to tell stories. You know, we've talked about it throughout the conversation here. Uh, you know, people like to hear stories, right? So the nice thing about blogging is that it's not it's not a formal research paper. It's not an academic. Yeah. It's not something you would read in a magazine. And there, you know, it's a little bit more formal. It's more structured. Um, you know, the blogging gives you the freedom to really have your personality come out, right? And and you you can yeah, use a, a song lyric to inspire your blog post, right? You or to help yeah. you, you know uh, uh, bring home a message, right? Uh, you can you know tell a story about what happened when you went to shop for you know a bicycle, and we're, we're told that it was going to take you know six months to get it because of the pandemic, and and that got you thinking about how long supply chains are, and and you know maybe does that mean that we need to get more regional manufacturing? You know you can see where these types of things happen just from your own personal experiences. So I, yeah. I guess my advice is just do it, see where the journey takes you and, and tell stories along the way and, and find your voice. Excellent. I think we'll just leave it at that. Just do it. Excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Adrian, for this conversation. It was, uh, I had a lot of fun. Great. Well, Martin, thank you for, uh, for inviting me. And uh, like I said, uh, uh, I've enjoyed your work as well over the years, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you reached out and uh, we, we actually had the, the chance to you know, speak live and, and share our thoughts and experiences together here today. I guess I'll virtually see you out on the road. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast was a joint effort by Logistics Matter and Talking Logistics. If you're interested in learning more about the logistics leaders for T1D Cure Cycling Team and joining the team, sponsoring it or making a donation, please visit TalkingLogistics.com and click on the team name under Topics in the main menu and support the search for a cure for type 1 diabetes. Thank you for your support.